0: Welcome to the Rock Church and World Outreach Center. We pray that this message will strengthen and encourage you. Now, here's a message from Pastor Dan Roth. Amen, amen. Well, tonight, get your Bibles and go with me to First Peter, the fifth chapter. I want to talk to you about a subject called Waging Spiritual War. You know, it's the month of October. and As we head into October, one of the things that takes place is not only do the trees change color, but the decorations in the stores start changing. In fact, in the city that I live, I live in Redlands, and as I drive into work, I drive past homes, and even a fire department where they've got skeletons and ghosts and goblins, and people are putting graveyards in their yards. I don't understand any of that kind of stuff. Like, why would I want to walk out of my house and see something ugly and nasty and something that the devil defeated staring at me laughing, you know what I mean? It's like, I get enough of that already. You know, you don't have to put something in your yard to do that. You know, the devil's already laughing and already trying to act like he's something. And yet, everywhere we go, we see the movies. You know, it's like you can't even flip through the television stations without seeing gore and just violence and nastiness all on television and all the things that are taking place. They bring back these movies that uh, no one wants to see. I mean, some of you guys are crazy if you want to see that stuff. Somebody murdering somebody and, and, and all the terror and all that kind of stuff drives you crazy, right? Why are they running upstairs? They shouldn't be running upstairs. There's nowhere to go upstairs. And yet, oh, they ran upstairs. They're dead. Happens every time. It like drives you crazy, right? But you know, when I became a Christian, I realized that you know, I'm a part of a different kingdom. That the kingdom of darkness is a very real kingdom. And the things that I used to watch before I was a Christian, I put away those things. Because the Apostle Paul says, when I was a child, I thought like a child. And I acted like a child. But when I became fully grown and mature, I put away childish things, And so those things that I used to exult, those things that I used to look at, those things that I used to think were fun and, you know, I'd like to get that scared feeling, that sort of thing, I put those things away because that's not who I am in Christ any longer. Those aren't the things that I want to fill my life with any longer. I don't want to fill myself with images that will haunt me in the middle of the night. I don't want to fill myself with things that will draw me away from God, but rather draw me closer to God. And I don't want to put darkness in because Jesus said, if the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness, right? Right? So I want to fill myself up with light and with life. First Peter chapter 5, did you guys turn there with me? Two of you did? How about the rest of you guys? Did you turn to 1 Peter chapter 5? All right, it's cool to talk tonight. It's cool to talk back, all right? 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 8 and verse number 9 says this. Verse number 8 starts out and says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Verse number 9, resist him steadfast in the faith knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. We need to understand that there is a spiritual war going on. One of the things that's sad to me is that as Christians, that we have denied the existence of spiritual things. I heard it said by one preacher recently that many churches teach Father, Son, and Holy Bible. Did you guys catch what I just said? Not Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Father, Son, and Holy Bible. That, that, that there is no Holy Spirit. There's no relationship with spiritual things. And yet the world that we live in is fascinated by spiritual things. Think about it. Every movie that you see almost today, right? There's some sort of a supernatural thing going on. The superheroes, right? Some of them mutate, but then some of them, all of a sudden, there's supernatural things going on. By and large, most of the superheroes you see aren't like Batman. They're not just some dude dressing up in some tights and going out and kicking butt, right? There's something that happened, something that took place. And there's a spiritual thing that takes place, and people are fascinated by it. That's why these scary stories. That's why the ghosts and ghouls. That's why people are out there buying all these decorations and putting them in their yards. That's why people are going and still consulting psychics and mediums and looking at tarot cards and those sorts of things. It's mighty quiet in this place, by the way but can we talk as Christians for a second? Because people are calling the psychic hotline rather than getting on their knees and praying and listening for the voice of the Holy Spirit. People are looking at their horoscope in the newspaper rather than looking at what God has to say about them in the Word of God. And I would venture to say that there are many people in church who are consulting these same things rather than looking to God. Superstition is rampant in the church worldwide. You go to certain cultures, they borrow from the culture around them, and they take their traditions and their practices into the church. You can see it. Voodoo in certain places and witchcraft in other places. And for all of us, we need to understand that we are not above that in our American society and culture. We think that we're so sophisticated, so educated, and yet, when I talk to Christians, sometimes they'll say, oh, man, I broke a mirror. Seven years, bad luck, right? Right. Oh, you better not walk underneath that ladder. Oh, get the black cat out of the way. Don't let it cross my path. People don't see those things. Oh, it was a bad omen. It was a dark day. I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Listen, guys, it doesn't matter what side of the bed you wake up on. Jesus is there on both sides waiting to say good morning and have a great day with you. You don't have to worry about those superstitions. You don't have to worry about those things but pastor, you know, I know somebody that stepped on a crack and broke their mama's back. Listen, I don't care what happened. I don't care what your experience is because the devil is alive and well, and he's working things in this earth, but we need to remember that he is a defeated foe, that Jesus defeated him at the cross, but we cannot live A life where we ignore spiritual realities. We need to understand that there is a spiritual war going on. There is a dual reality that we all live in. We live in the natural, physical reality, which is very easy to understand. You can taste it, you can touch it, you can smell it, you can see it, and you can hear it. That's the easy one. But the hard one that we need to understand about is the spiritual reality that we live in. That there are unseen, invisible things going on all around us. The Bible tells us that God is a spirit. He is the invisible God. No one has seen God at any time, except for the Son who declares him to us. And so all of us, it's a faith walk. For all of us, this is something that we believe in, and the world will look at us and say, you guys are crazy. How could you believe in a God that you've never seen? But remember, the Bible tells us that the spiritual came first and then the physical, not the physical and then the spiritual, because everything that we see was created from the spiritual. You know how I know that? Because how else did it get here? Oh, well, the Big Bang, you know, there were these two particles. Hold hold on. Where'd you get the particles from? They had to come from somewhere, right? It couldn't be nothing... Because when I took science class, the educated people told me that nothing cannot come from nothing, that nothing had to come from something, and that in any transfer of matter matter or energy, there had to be an equal distribution of matter and energy that was produced and transferred in that transaction. So that shows me two little particles cannot hit each other without first being put there by someone, some being that would create them. That means that there, if there is a creation, there must be a creator. And God, the Bible tells us, spoke, and out of the Spirit came the natural. God said it, and bang, it happened. If you want the big bang, there it is, right? The Bible tells us that God stretched out the heavens, that he's so big that he takes the universe, which we don't even know the distance of one end to the other, and he stretched it out. <sighs> wow, that's our God. When we sing that song as children, he's got the whole world in his hands. The Bible tells us that the earth is his footstool. The heavens are his throne. Sits down and kicks up his feet over the earth. Our God is mighty, our God is massive, and that's the reality that we live in. Because the spiritual realm affects our physical realm. So when the Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 8, to be sober, you know what it's really telling us? It's really telling us don't be stupid. You live in a spiritual reality, so don't be carnally minded. Don't get drunk on what the world has to say to you about the life that you're living. Can I put it to you this way? Don't drink the Kool-Aid, y'all. Let's not ignore the spiritual battle that's going on or be naive about it that it's not going to come to my door. No, the, the, the devil will come knocking at your door. Let's not be naive. If you're not in the middle of a battle right now, just hold on and wait. It will come to you, right? You don't have to go searching for it. You don't have to go find it. But the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Some of you guys may not realize this, but there are things that come against your life that you thought was just natural. Man, we keep getting sick for some reason. I just don't understand why we keep getting sick. We got the house tested for mold. There was no mold. We got tested for allergies. It's grass and trees. Everybody's allergic to grass and trees, right? And yet we keep getting sick and we don't understand why. How about this one? I don't know what happened. We were talking, and they just blew up, and where we were friends before, now we're no longer friends. I don't know what happened. I don't know why they're so mad at me. Could it be that there are spiritual forces behind the things that are going on in our lives? Now, could just be that they had a chemical imbalance. Could be that they had a bad day, right? Or it could be that they're in the midst of that conversation that the devil was at work causing a rift, causing a wedge between friends could be that maybe that sickness isn't caused by any natural thing, but it could be that the devil is coming in and wreaking havoc on your physical bodies. Bible tells us that he does that. Bible says that there was a woman who was bent over and held in bondage by the devil and Jesus released her as he rebuked the enemy. See, we need to understand that not everything that happens to us is physical, just like not everything that happens to us is spiritual, okay? So if you bang your, your knee on the doorknob of a, of, a, of a door as you're walking, you know, you don't have to cast the devil out of the doorknob, okay? That's like, you don't need to be doing that, all right? Probably just banged your knee, and you need to watch out next time you walk through. So what do we need to do? We need to have the sober mindset, because the, the, if the devil can get you drunk, he can get you defeated. Now, I'm not talking about natural physical alcohol, even though I think it's a good idea to abstain, all right? But what I'm talking about is spiritually that we need to have a sober mind, right? And if we're not drinking what the devil's offering, then we're not going to get drunk. Because if the devil can keep us stupid, if he can keep us swayed, if he can keep us inebriated to where we're not having the right mindset about life, where we're not looking at the things of the, the spirit as well as living in the natural world, then he can get us defeated. So we need to have the sober spiritual mindset. Charles Baudelaire said the greatest trick the devil devil ever pulled was convincing the world that he doesn't exist. C.S. Lewis wrote, and he said, there are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about devils. One is to disbelieve in their existence. The other is to believe and to feel an unhealthy interest in them. We don't need to obsess over the devil. You don't need to be concerned. You don't need to be worried. You don't need to be in fear over the devil. Sometimes people get in fear about this. I remember there was an an experience that my wife and I had when our daughter was young. I believe she was about two years old. She couldn't really communicate yet. She couldn't really talk. We had just moved in to our new home, and uh, we had her right across the hallway from us upstairs. And I remember one night, it was the middle of the night, probably 2 a.m., something like that. I was in a deep sleep, like level 4 REM, maybe level five. I don't know if you know how many levels there are, but whatever the deepest level was, that was me, all right? I was caught up into the third heaven, if you will. Rapid eye movement, REM sleep, and I was gone, okay? And this blood-curdling, piercing scream just tore through the night. I jumped out of bed and raced across the room. Now, I didn't realize what was going on at the time, but I was like in slow motion, my wife said. And I was like, "What?" going on. And I don't know why that was happening. I thought I was running real fast. She says, you were in slow motion. So I I make it to my daughter's room, and there's my wife holding her and comforting her, and she's just shaking in terror. And she won't look at one side of her room and so my wife's just comforting her, and she's just holding her there. And I'm like, what's happening? What is going on? And I felt my toe was burning. I, somehow I collided with something on the way in. I think it was the door. I don't know. But it cut my toe straight in half. That was a bad day. And so here I am. And so we take her to our room, and we start talking to her, and we asked her about it. And she could not communicate to us what was going on. She just, all she could do was just point and scream. And so I realized, man, this is some sort of demonic thing in our home. And I'm not going to allow this. And so I started rebuking the devil. I just went after it in prayer. I, I took authority over that thing and I cast it out. I physically walked to my front door. I opened up the door. I said, devil, you have to get out of here. I shut the door and I made sure that we anointed the house with oil. And then afterwards, I remember my wife started to get in fear over it. She started to obsess over it. She started to think about it. And, and there was a terror that came on her after that. And she went through her own process, her own journey of building up faith in the word of God and starting to learn about our enemy and learn about the spiritual reality, learn about her authority to where she started to overcome that fear and that terror that she had. Later on, my daughter talked to us and she told us what she saw. I believe that she saw into the spirit. She said that she saw a massive spider hanging over her bed coming down at her. And when that thing started coming down, she screamed. And that's when we picked her up and we carried her out. And so later on, she communicated that. And there was no spider, there was no nothing that we could see, but apparently it was coming after her. The point of it is this, is that we had to have a sober mind and realize that this was not just a bad dream, this was not something that, that was, you know, just in the natural, any of those sorts of things. We had to realize that we had to take authority, that this was a spiritual battle, and we need to fight it in the spirit, not in the natural by just getting her back to bed. Is anybody listening tonight? See, the sober view of spiritual warfare is that we fight to enforce the victory of the cross, You all need to understand this, because the devil is a defeated foe. You do not have to fear someone who has already been defeated. Do you understand that? See, it's like going into the ring with somebody who you've already beat, right? The battle has already been won on your behalf. All you're doing is you're enforcing the victory of the cross. You are reminding the devil that you are already a defeated foe, and at the name of Jesus, you have to flee. At the name of Jesus, you have to go. At the name of Jesus, healing has to come. See, wherever the work of the devil is, Jesus came, the Bible says, to destroy the works of the devil. And therefore, when we as a church rise up and we start to enforce the victory of Jesus Christ, that's where we are ruling and reigning with him. God wants us to live a powerful, victorious spiritual life. But our adversary would love for us to ignore him. And think that he doesn't exist. Well, you know, that's just that super spiritual stuff. A spider in her room. It's just a little two-year-old. How does she know? Oh, yeah. Go ahead and ignore it and see what happens. Oh, it's just a little sickness that comes around every time, every time, every time this time of year. Could it be that it's not just seasonal allergies, but the devil is at work? That could be seasonal allergies. Don't get me wrong, right? Doesn't, Doesn't hurt to do the sinus rinse and all that kind of stuff. I do all that stuff. But it also will help so much more if you're in the word and you're praying. Some people rely on a pill more than they do on the gospel. You know what I'm saying? You need to speak the word, and you need to declare the promises of God, and you need to cast devils out. You need to get a little radical. You understand? Because the devil does not play nice. He doesn't play fair. He is a snake, he slithers in and tries to work his way. And I remember one night I was going outside. I had the dogs with me. I was taking them outside to go to the bathroom one last time before we went to bed. And as I walked out of my door, I, I saw something moving. I looked over and there was a snake. Oh, my goodness. The hairs on the back of my neck stood up right there. I was like, boop, you know. Those things are nasty. I hate those things, right? So I I got the dogs back in because the last thing I wanted the dogs to do was get over there by it and get bit or something like that. You know, so I get the dogs back in. I go and I get a broom and I start to get that thing moving, you know, because get away from my house. You're not gonna come into my house, you slithery, nasty thing. And that little sucker turned around and he hissed at me. And I was like, oh no, this is not happening right now. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna walk back inside this house right now. That's what I'm gonna do right now. If you don't hiss at me. But I thought better of it as I got inside the house, and I opened the door, lest the devil think that he had me right then, and I said, hey, listen, you foul thing. You get off my property in the name of Jesus. Now, see, some people would say, well, why'd you have to go and do that? Here's the reason why. Because is it just a natural snake? Sure, of course it is. Could I have just swept it away? It probably was a gardener snake. Probably didn't do nothing to me, you know what I mean? It probably was this big when actually I thought it was this big. But here's the deal. When fear hits me at the hiss of a snake, I'm not going to allow that to continue, and I'm not going to allow the devil to play with that. And so in the natural, yeah, I may have swept that thing away, but in the spirit, I got out a bigger broom, and I swept that thing away. You know what I'm saying? So we need to keep watch for the work of the enemy. See, not only does the Bible tell us in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 8, to be sober, but it also tells us to be vigilant. To be vigilant means to watch expectantly. It means to be on the lookout. It means that you are not letting up your gaze looking around. Just like a soldier that's watching for the enemy to come their way, you are a soldier in the army of the Lord. And it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when the attack comes against your life. That's why we have the right mindset, the sober mindset, that we are in the middle of a war. We are in a spiritual war. There is a spiritual battle taking place. And if we're going to wage a good warfare, we better be ready. How are we ready? By watching. We're vigilant about it. We're watching day and night. We're making sure that we have that spiritual mindset all the time. We're not letting up. Because the devil will come to test the word when it comes to us. Let me say that again. The devil will come to test the word when it comes to us. This is a principle all throughout the Bible, and you guys need to understand this. Because every time you hear the word of God, every time you read the word of God, Matthew, the 13th chapter, Mark, the 4th chapter, talk about the parable of the sower. You remember what the Bible says? The sower sows the word, right? And then it says, and immediately, the devil comes to steal the word away. In the parable, it was the birds of the air picking up the seed that fell by the wayside. In other words, the moment that the word of God is sown, When you speak the word, when you read the word, when you hear the word, when the word is declared, when you come to church and there's a prophetic word coming forward, a rhema word, a now word that comes forward, guess what's going to happen? As you hear it, if you don't understand, the devil's going to come and he's going to snatch it out of your heart. Now, understanding means not only knowing what it is, but doing what it is, because true understanding gets busy on what the word says. That's where it takes root and it starts to produce and sprouts up and produces fruit. True biblical understanding is applying the word that you have heard. So that means if you just sit there and do nothing with the word, the devil's just going to come and take it out of your heart. And it will never produce any fruit in your life. In fact, it won't even produce a plant. It won't even take root. It'll just be stolen out of your heart like it never happened. See, the devil will come immediately to test the word. Let's take a look at this throughout the Bible for a second. I just want to take you on a journey. Genesis chapter number 3, right at the beginning. Here God is creating, right? Chapter 1. Chapter 2, he's creating. He places man and woman in a garden. Then he starts to give them the word. He says, of all the trees you can eat, except for the tree in the midst of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and of evil, you may not eat of it. For the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. Genesis chapter 3, verse number 1. Now the serpent which the book of Revelation tells us that serpent of old, the dragon, was the devil. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, what's he doing right there? Testing the word, right? Here the word of God comes to the man and the woman and the devil comes to the woman and says, has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? What's he doing? He's testing the word. Right at the beginning, book of Genesis Chapter number three. You couldn't even get five chapters in without the devil showing up and testing the word. Okay, fast forward for a second. Look at Jesus, right? Matthew chapter three, verse 16 and 17. Jesus goes to John, says, I need to be baptized by you. John says, no, 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 no. I need to be baptized by you. Jesus said, nope, let's do this to fulfill all righteousness. Look at this, verse number 16. Matthew chapter three, verse 16. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my son, my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Notice that Jesus' earthly ministry started with the Spirit of God The spiritual reality, he needed the power of the Holy Spirit, not just the earth suit that God gave him, not just the fleshly body. Even Jesus, God in the flesh, needed the power of the Holy Spirit. How much more his children, how much more his brothers and sisters in the world, how much more his body be baptized in the Spirit of God? Come on. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the power of the Holy Spirit is greater than the power of the enemy in this world. The power of the Holy Spirit is greater than the demons and the goblins and the ghosts and those specters and those things that keep you up in the middle of the night. Some of you guys have had sleepless nights too long, and it's time for you to call on the Spirit of God to alight on you, to declare the Word of God over your life, that Jesus is Lord of your life, he's Lord of your house, and that devil that's keeping you up must go in Jesus' name. Sorry, I'm getting a little excited, I'm spitting a little bit, and I'm preaching way better than you guys are saying amen, but you guys will get there. But notice the word of God comes. This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. The word of the Lord came to Jesus. You're my son, and I'm pleased with your life. Matthew chapter 4, verse number 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. That's a crazy statement, by the way. That Jesus was led by the Spirit. Spirit, why are you leading Jesus to be tempted? He had to be. He had to experience our humanity. He had to experience our suffering. He had to learn obedience by the things which he suffered. Verse 2, and when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. You know, sometimes the Bible states the obvious very well, doesn't it? He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterward he was hungry. I would think so, right? I would agree with that statement. I fast for like, you know... Overnight, and I'm hungry in the morning? You too? Yes. Some of us, just the afternoon, we need a snack, right? But he fasted 40 days, 40 nights, and afterward he was hungry. Verse 3, now when the tempter came to him, this is the devil, he said, if you are the son of God. We can't even get five chapters into the Gospels in the New Testament before the devil comes and starts testing the word of God. God. What did he say to Eve? Eve, right? Did God really say? Did God not say? You could eat of all the trees, right? He tests that word. Now here comes the new word, you're my son. So he says, if you're the son of God, he casts doubt on the word that came to Jesus. You are my son, whom I love with you. I am well pleased. The devil comes immediately to test the word. See, This doesn't just happen once, by the way. If you keep reading, you'll find the devil comes to Jesus again with the same challenge in verse number six. If you are the son of God. Some of you guys have wondered why you've been battling the same battle over and over and over again. Here's the reason why. Because the devil, diabolos, right? That dia means to to, to come and to throw at, right? A bolos, like a ball, like a piercing, like a breaking through. The devil will attack the same thing over and over and over and over and over again until he breaches the integrity of your life and presses and breaks through. That is what the devil means, that diabolos, right? It's that throwing and that piercing that comes at that same spot. The devil is relentless, and that's why it says to be sober. Understand you're in a spiritual war, but also be vigilant. Watch to see where the devil is attacking you. Is it late at night when you're all alone and you're filtering through the TV channels? Is it maybe when you're on your computer and you're tempted to swipe? or tempted to click through? Is it when you're driving home and you pass the bar or the casino? or whatever it may be. See, we ought to know our weak areas. We ought to know the places that the devil's going to come and try and pierce through and break through. Is it gossip? Is it uh, anger? Is it wrath? Outbursts? What is it that the devil's going to try and come at you? Because he will go at that same spot over and over and over and over and over again. Maybe you got a hold of the word of God in that area, and you started to get some victory, and then you started to fall, and you didn't know why. Here's why, because the devil is testing that word in your life. Happened to Peter. He encountered this when he got the revelation of who Jesus was, right? Peter, who do you say that I am? Well, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter, flesh and blood is not revealed to you, but my Father who is in heaven. God spoke that to Peter, and Peter declared it. He got a revelation from God. Yay, yay, Peter, right? A couple verses later, Jesus says, hey, guys, I'm about ready to go to a cross. Peter pulls him aside and starts to rebuke him, and Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Now, wait a second, what happened? One moment he's saying, hey, Peter, you're hearing from the Father. The next moment he says, get behind me, Satan. Why? Because the devil came, immediately following the word, right? Immediately following that revelation. Now all of a sudden, here comes the devil. He, he's the Christ. He can't be crucified. No, he had to suffer. He had to die. If he's the Christ, then that had to happen. He wasn't listening to the Father anymore. He was listening to the devil. Just recently, my wife and I, we came back from an amazing conference. We had such a great time getting involved in the Word of God. Man, we had these tender moments with the Holy Spirit. I mean, one point, I was blubbering like a baby in the presence of God. I couldn't even lift my head. I couldn't lift my hands. All I could do was just lift my heart and say, Lord, you're going to have to listen to this because all of this is not working right now. It was an amazing spiritual time. It was amazing word of God, amazing presence of God. And we came home to our family that night when we flew back. It was wonderful. And wouldn't you know, Thursday hit. And the devil came to test the word. devil came to say, hey, you just got built up at this conference. It was for ministers. What kind of minister are you? You're not good enough. You can't do this. You can't build this church. And you know what I had to come to the conclusion of? You're right, devil, I can't. Because the church ain't built on me. It's built on Jesus it's not by my strength or my power this church is getting built. It's by the power of the Spirit of God. Get out of here, devil. Remember my daughter one time came from camp, man. She had the most amazing spiritual moment in camp. She came back down the hill, and wouldn't you know it, suicidal, depressing thoughts, and all this stuff came against her. And she's go, why is this happening? Why is this going on? And we said, honey, you were just in the middle of it. The word came to you. You received the word, and now the devil's coming to test the word. Her nana said it best, she said so, she met God on the mountain, and the devil in the valley, huh? See, we need to wake up and have a sober mind that guess what, we're in the middle of a spiritual battle. Guys, some of you, before you get your keys out to unlock your car, the devil's gonna rack your brain tonight and he's gonna tell you, that guy's crazy. Watch and see. I told you beforehand, so when it happens, I want you to laugh in his face and say, ha-ha, I knew you were going to say that. Get out of here. You're not going to rack my brains with that madness. I knew it was going to happen. Why? Because your spiritual eyes are open and you're watching. You're being vigilant. Paul saw this through his trials. At times he knew that it was man that was coming against him. Sometimes he said it was turmoil in the city, right? Wild beasts at Ephesus. Yeah, he's talking about people. You know what I mean? He was talking about the synagogue, the, the Jews that came against him, and sometimes it was the people that came against him. Sometimes it was the Gentiles, right? He said, perils from my countrymen, perils from the Gentiles, right? He, he had all sorts of stuff in the natural that came against him, but guess what else? He knew that there was a spiritual battle that happened as well. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 18. Therefore, we wanted to come and come to you, even I, Paul, look at this, time and again, but Satan hindered us. Guys, this is the great apostle Paul, writer of two-thirds of the New Testament. There were times that I saw that the Spirit constrained them and didn't allow them to go to certain places. I can accept that. But wait a second, Paul. You're telling me that Satan hindered you from doing what you believe was the will of God? The desire of your heart? You mean Satan's going to come and Stop you from doing something? Oh, yeah. The Apostle Paul knew he was in the middle of a spiritual battle. And he said, time and again. Notice the persistence. Time and again. Time and again. Time and again. Eventually, he made it to the Thessalonians. Eventually, he got there. He didn't let the devil stop him ultimately. It only hindered him for a little while. But eventually, he broke through and he made it to where he needed to go and did what he needed to do. But guys, if the devil's coming against Adam and Eve... If the devil's coming against Jesus, if the devil's coming against Peter, if the devil's coming against Paul, did you know the devil's coming against you and he's coming against me? We need to wake up. We need to have a sober mind and realize that we are in the middle of a spiritual battle. And if we're going to wage a spiritual war the way God wants us to, we have to recognize, realize the fight, know what's God, know what's not God, and we need to be watching out for our enemy who prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones said, Sooner or later, every believer discovers that the Christian life is a battleground, not a playground. Now, that doesn't mean don't enjoy your Christianity. It doesn't mean don't enjoy your walk with God. It doesn't mean that you're always only, only battling and fighting. No, there are wonderful moments in God's presence. There are wonderful moments of joy and celebration and love and life and laughter and all those things. But realize that that's in the midst of a battle. That as you go out into the world, as you go into your homes, as you go into your communities, as you go to do the will of God, that as you hear the word of God and as the word of God comes to you, this is what I want you to do. If God speaks to you, you're my child and I love you. If God starts to instill in you value and purpose and destiny and all those things, the devil will come and he will try and test that word and get you off of that thing. That's what the devil is designed to do because God wants us to rule and to reign in life with him. The devil is a defeated foe. You just have to enforce the victory that God already purchased for you at the cross. Let me close with this, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 11. It says, lest Satan should take advantage of us. We're not going to let him take advantage of us. Why? For we are not ignorant of his devices. We understand and we know as Christians we're smarter than that. We're not going to allow ourselves to be duped by the devil. No, we're not going to get drunk on his stuff. We're not going to drink the Kool-Aid. No, we're going to go after the rivers of living water. We're going to drink from that spirit, from that grace, and we're going to have a sober mind, and we're going to watch out for the devil when he comes. Come on, if you got something from the word of the Lord tonight? Give God a great big praise. Thank you for listening to the Rock Church and World Outreach Center. If this message spoke to you, please share it with us. We'd love to hear from you. You can find more information at www.rockchurch.com.